Great, so um, we're going to move straight into our word now, and if you, if you weren't here right at the beginning, um, we're going to have a Zoom communion together uh, at quarter to twelve. Um, so quarter, uh, this morning we worked out about ten, quarter to two, ten to ten, that we hadn't got a worship leader for this morning. So we're just improvising, and we're going to have some, some time together in the, um, over, over uh, Zoom and having some communion in our homes together. So first of all, though, we're going to get into our into our word, and we've been uh, in this series through. We found it really enriching uh, through uh, mostly through August, uh, called a devoted church, and been looking at different aspects of uh, what it means to be to be church and, and to be devoted to different different key parts of God's heart. And so the, again, the pre, as usual, the previous talks are as, uh, available as podcasts on our website under talks, or you can watch the old videos um, on Facebook. You can find those here. And our our um, our theme today is um, is devoted to fellowship. And I wanted to start off by um, uh, I wonder how many Lord of the Rings fans there are amongst us. But I've got a picture here, and uh, you can see behind me. Um, this is this is the Shire in the Lord of the Rings, and the Lord of the Rings. You know, you might have read the book or seen the film or, or neither, but it's uh, it's this story basically of um, of some hobbits, uh, some 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 people, some friends who go on this who go on this journey, and it really starts off. This is their their village. It's a picturesque uh, area. I think I think the Douglas family have actually been there in New Zealand where it's actually filmed. But it's um, well, the film is you know for you purists that have read the book, the books. Enormous, isn't it? I'd never go near a book that fat, but I've, I've watched the films. Um, anyway, so, that, so, so they live in the Shire, and um, it is this uh, peaceful-looking, tranquil, beautiful environment. And you see, when you get glimpses of it, you see sort of family life and uh, and friendship and, and laughter and, and sort of. And, and at the same time, there's dysfunction, there's angry neighbours, and there's and, you know there's there's the kind of. But it's a consistent and it's a sort of steady world where things don't change very much and there's a, a regular pattern of life and everyone's quite content with life within the, within the Shire. And, uh, and, they, and they have, you know, you might describe it as quite a, a tight-knit community. And I reckon, this is my um, proposal, is that what happens is, 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 is the sort of the, um, the real heroes of the story. I'll go on to the next image. These are, this is um, Frodo and Samwise and they are two hobbits from the Shire um, who kind of by they're kind of thrust out of the comfort of their of their village home into, into the wider world, onto a really a journey of faith and what they hadn't really twigged beforehand was actually the world in which they lived and the Shire was a small part. Actually there was a lot of evil uh, at work in that world and there was uh, a lot of destruction and stuff happening and it hadn't yet hit the Shire and, and taken the Shire out or affected the Shire very much but actually it was doing damage uh, all over the place and they were called out from um, the comfort of the Shire into this faith journey and, and, they, and they go about addressing and uh, I guess um, on a sort of mission to put an end to this movement of evil that's come across the whole earth and I reckon that they move from a place of co- just community in the Shire to, to fellowship, and fellowship being a kind of relationship that's forged through chart trial and challenge. And um, interestingly, you can draw some similarities here. If we think about a little village on the edge of a lake and some people who knew each other pretty well and grew up in the same sort of village, same sort of area, and um, 
So they were called Peter and John. They were fishermen. Lived quite a sort of parochial, small-scale kind of life. Um, and, but there was a much bigger thing going on in the world around them than they realised. And they were invited, weren't they, by Jesus to move out of the safety and comfort of their consistent community. The father's business of fishing was handed down through generations. And Jesus called them into this uh, life of faith, this adventure, out of the comfort of their own surroundings to go with him, actually to address the, uh, the, the cause, the problem of suffering, of evil, of, 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 of sin, of brokenness in the whole world. And, and they join with him on that faith adventure. And so likewise, I think they, they moved out of a place of just community, just knowing each other, into something of fellowship. And, and so this is really the world we're going to get into this morning. Uh, in Acts chapter 2, it talks about the, the believers, the, the new church being devoted to the fellowship. They were devoted to the word, as, as Peter spoke about last week. And, and we've, we've had some other themes that they've urged in their devotion. But, but today it's devoted to fellowship. And I've, I've been just sitting in this word fellowship um, for the last week or so. And, and, and really finding it to be very rich. So I wanted just to look at um, a little, little passage here. And this is, so John was called out of the Shire, as you will. Out of, out of the, the Galilee, uh, Capernaum kind of lake village area to follow Jesus. Probably as a young man, maybe in his teens. Um, and then he was one of the longest, well, I think the longest surviving, longest living disciple. And in his old age, as an, as an old man, uh, he writes this letter. He writes several letters to the churches that are around the world. And he writes with that kind of wisdom of, of someone who's, who's known Jesus personally. He's seen him face to face. He's touched him. He's walked with him on earth for three years. And, um, and this, is, this, is, so this is 1 John chapter 1. And it's a, sort of one verses one to seven or so. I'm just going to read it out, and then um, I'd like to just highlight the, the bits, it's a, a few parts of it. So it says that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes. So isn't that amazing? That which was from the beginning. So he's talking about Jesus here, who was there at the beginning, who was there when the world was created. That which was there from the beginning, which we have heard. He actually heard his voice, as we hear each other's voices which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. And the word of life is Jesus. The life appeared, Jesus appeared. We've seen it, we've seen him and testified to it. And we proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we've seen and heard, so that you also may have fellowship with us. That word fellowship. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. This is the message we've heard from him and declare to you. God is light, in him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him, yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sins. I wonder if you could just have a... I think Rebecca's just posting that... Um, that passage into the comments. Uh, so, and, and could you just spend a couple of minutes just looking at that and looking particularly? I think the words are highlighted. Um, the fellowship. I think it comes up four times there. The word fellowship. So just have a look at that and just um, have a think about. Ask God to show you what what does that word fellowship mean? What 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 is what is it what is it saying here? And then you can post those um, 
any observations, any thoughts, anything you feel God showing you into the comments. That'd be really good to be really good to chew on that together. So, one John, um, verses chapter one, verses uh, one to seven. What do you see about fellowship there? Was this momentary? I think Michael Rolf calculated this about a forty-second pause between when we say stuff here and when you see it. So it's a sort of um, waiting for things to come, come through. Word is life. Thanks, Helen. Yeah. I'm going, to go, I'm going to go on just uh, briefly and do continue to put things there that we can all look at uh, as we do. Fellowship is the life. Thanks, Jane. Yeah. Life. And that, that word life um, is, I think in Greek, it's Zoe. It's good Zoe. And, uh, and, it's a, and there's a real depth to it, isn't it? It's not just living and breathing. And, uh, but, it's, but it's a... A, such a, a fullness and a richness to real life and there's something about fellowship which is that there's, there's oh great these are all coming through now oh yeah thanks Hannah, Duncan, Kirsten um, so Hannah so we have fellowship with the Father, Son Holy Spirit and each other so the depth and richness the breadth yeah so we're invited I mean Paul Golf's talked about this hasn't he how we're invited into the Trinity mm. that relationship yeah. between Father, Son and Holy Spirit and we are part of that and then Duncan we proclaim what we've seen and heard so you can join in and be in on the great news. There's an intimacy there, isn't there, between sharing. Mm. So John sharing this experience of walking with God. And, and likewise, we do that. We share the, the intimacy of our what we've experienced, what we've known with God. Mm. And then Kirsten. Uh, walking in the light. To fellowship is to... Accountability and challenge. Yeah, yeah I think Alice is going to pick up on that as well in, yeah. in a little bit. There is this. So this isn't just, this isn't just living alongside people, is it? And That's the you know, yeah, that's right, the fellowship, yep. And Liz, our testimony of what Jesus has done for us is an invitation to others to experience yeah. it. Yeah, and your testimony, Liz, is so rich, isn't it? So inspiring of, you know, in the, in the midst of trials and challenges, I've seen God do this, I know God's done this. And you can't, you can't argue with that, there's such power in our, in, in our, and I think when we look at, when we watch things like Lord of the Rings or when we look at the Gospels and see the life of the disciples, we see them go through through that furnace of the life of faith, the trials, the challenges, the breaking out of your comfort zone, it brings up all sorts of stuff, doesn't it? And we see at times, um, we see Frodo and, and Sam 
you know, best friends, but at times we see them hating each other, you know, passionately almost, you know, wanting to hurt each other on this trial of faith. Other times we see them, you know, we see someone Sam carries Frodo on his shoulder, it might be the other way around, they carry each other and they, and they encourage each other. And I remember there's a time when Sam says, remember the smell of strawberries in the Shire, Frodo? And, it, and he's re- reminding him of who he is. And he's re- reminding him of... Uh, of what it is and same thing with the disciples we see them competing with each other and we see their insecurities come up when they're saying who's the greatest you know who's more important you or me and then we see them loving each other um with a, with a really sacrificial love and then uh, Yvonne living with depression is hard and darkness and it can feel like it, darkness can feel like it's hovering jesus the light of my life yeah so let's say so i think we're getting some some rich stuff in there is, is, is that is that fellowship is um is it is deep and it's sustaining. It's like a it's like a well of really nourishing water, and uh, we're thrust into a different time and a different space, aren't we? Right now, as as church, when we don't see each other as a as a wider community in the same way. Um, so, but fellowship as we live this life of faith, as we live this life of following Jesus, and each of us has a unique call. Don't we? we know this, don't we? Each of us has got a unique design on our lives, a unique call purpose, good works that God's prepared in advance for us to do. And we're all about recognizing, discovering what that is, celebrating it, cheering each other on as we live out these lives of faith. And we need fellowship to sustain that. I can think of times in my life when, when and different people in the church some I've known for a long time, some I've not known for long at all, have just spoken words of, of, of life to me that have had that, they've had that penetrative thing of of, of, of humility and transparency and vulnerability and they're about the, 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 the big picture of actually who is God and who am I therefore in, in light of that. So this, this um, devoted to fellowship, devoted to this kind of relationship that um, sustains us, carries us, helps us as we are iron sharpening iron, we're being formed, we're being changed, uh, our, our rough edges are being knocked off as we're becoming more and more like Jesus. We don't do this on our own, do we? We, don't, we can't live this Christian life on our own. We need other believers. We need fellowship to help us to grow. And so that's really, our, I think, our question for today. Alice is going to follow on in a minute um, about how do we, with the constraints of lockdown and semi-lockdown easing and, and social distancing, what is, how, how do we make sure um, we're still pressing into fellowship in this time? Because this is a key feature for us um, as church. Okay, I'm going to hand over to Alice. And she's going to speak into that a little bit. Great, pick up on that. Can you just read out? So Alice was saying, I found God is light and him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. Challenging to live, live, to living life with depression. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Alice. And Emily as well. Community, especially fellowship with God and Jesus, is one of the strongest indicators of positive mental health. Yeah. We need God and we need one another. Yes, yeah. yes. Alice, how do we, how do we do that in these times? Yeah, um, I think that those everything there is, you know, we're all singing off the same song sheet. The Spirit is saying, in different myriad of different ways, the, these incredibly liberating truths. And I, picking up on that last comment by Emily. I want to speak into how we stay well in this context mentally. 
So some of you may have heard of this. There's a, a paradox called the Stockdale Paradox. This was an American soldier in the Vietnam War who was in a concentration camp in Vietnam for seven years. And he made some observations of three kinds of people in these camps and their outcomes. So the first lot were the pessimists. They were very depressed about their situation. I'm not talking about a clinical definition now. I'm just talking about a, a mindset of this is hopeless. We're never going to get out. This is horrendous. And they, on the whole, died first. The second lot were the optimists who we would have thought would survive. They were, we're going to get out by Christmas. We're going to get out by Easter. And he talks about them also dying second from broken hearts. And then he observed the survivors, of himself included, were those who faced the brutal facts but never lost hope. And I think I see that in Yvonne's post on how she's living with her own mental health, that she, on the one hand, is facing the reality of what that's like, but she is also declaring Jesus is the light of her life. And those people survive, and not only that, thrive. So in this current context, we need to face the brutal facts in, and we will come through that and never lose hope. And I want to talk particularly about fellowship of Christians being able to meet together during the COVID pandemic. And I'm also going to look at Paul, the apostle, as our inspiration. So the brutal facts are nothing has changed in terms of the handling of COVID-19. What has changed is things like trace and test, is a normalisation of certain uh, ways to socially interact with masks and social distancing and so on, and also a real drive and an appropriate drive to make sure everyone's working as much as possible, businesses are, are moving forward, the economy is, is, is invested in and children are going back to school. So those, those things are happening because everyone's having to balance so many different issues here, the mental health aspect, the personal well-being as well as physical health with COVID and also prioritise of people working and children learning and so on. But the reality is for us in terms of how we meet, it's still very complex and challenging. But in that context, we never lose hope. There is always more. There's always a way to fellowship. And in some ways, these times in our life forge something of depth and intimacy that, that a normal routine and rhythm of life that we can take for granted sometimes can't deliver on if we remember the shire and also Chris's earlier picture right at the beginning of lockdown of sheep in a pen and then we think of the fellowship of the ring the forging of something through the nitty gritty of having to go on an adventure being thrust out of the shire in our case thrust out of the normalisation of how we do church particularly on Sundays into the mountainside of sheep and there's a moment here where we have to choose to intentionally go off to fellowship. We have to take responsibility and say, I'm going to connect. And what I've been so blown away by and impressed by Hope, I'm always impressed by people at Hope, is people are doing that. Um, I have conversation after conversation after conversation with different people 
the other day I went round to Katie's house and saw little Leo again and Ray had lent Katie a baby chair. Now these are small things, but that's fellowship, that's support, that's community, that's the twos and threes gathering together looking after each other. I had a lovely chat with Alice the other day and she talked about prioritising and reorientating our life around making sure her accountability was in place. It's good hearing about Sarah, wasn't it, as well? Sarah Pierce was yeah, sharing Sarah about her forward. Yeah, Sarah, talking of her forward with, with Sarah and Becca and even being able to keep connecting with Bella online, which is incredible, and that's the invitation we have. And if we look at Paul in the Bible as our inspiration for how he contended for fellowship in the midst of constraint, we are really inspired by the season of his life where he's under house arrest. So he's had some successful missionary journeys. He has incredible vision and capacity and drive. He's highly strategic and he goes around city after city, town after town in the, in the Mediterranean, in the, in the Roman Empire, finding firstly Jewish people seeking out the Messiah in the local synagogue and then also going to Gentile meeting houses and telling them in their own languages, so to speak, in their own cultural worldviews, that, that Jesus has come in the flesh and he has conquered death. And he, he and people come to faith in town and city after town and city, and that is how the church, the congregation, the community of believers is, is born. During that period, he's, he's successful, he always has co-workers, and he is persecuted at times out of cities, but essentially he has freedom of movement, freedom of travel, freedom to bring the good news in the languages and worldview of those who are listening. And then he finds himself under house arrest. He could have been in a number of different cities, but it's highly likely it was in Rome. We know that he was in chains, but we also know he had a great degree of freedom. People could come and visit him, and he he could dictate letters um, all the, the four letters that were attributed to this season, Colossians, Ephesians, Philippians and Philemon, would all have been written by someone else with him signing off, if you like, to authenticate it at the end. So he is in constraint. He cannot see these people. He, his, his usual practice would be to do a, a tour with co-workers, plant churches, then go back and minister and bless and partner. He didn't ever, he didn't birth churches and then leave them as orphans. He would come back and invest in them. And of course he couldn't. He is now under house arrest. But his attitude is really, really encouraging and inspiring. He doesn't he doesn't say he faces the brutal fact. He talks about his chains, particularly in Philippians. If you read that in the context of being under house arrest, it's a really fascinating and gripping letter. And he, but he, he is in honesty about his situation. He's not in any way saying, I, I can still travel, I'm free. But he never loses hope. In fact, he makes the most of this opportunity to fellowship through two different invitations that were available still to him and are available to us now. The first is prayer. We see prayer all the way through. If you look at Philippians particularly, he's praying, he's appreciating their partnership. And we have the privilege, Rob Scott Cook, who's a fantastic spiritual leader in this city, regularly will, will ask us what do we, would we like prayer for. And we feel he knows us in prayer. I think we can get to know people in prayer. We fellowship with the Father, Son and Holy Spirit. We hear God. We hear him for people. And we get to know people through prayer. We've all experienced that in original design prayer. We don't know the person in front of us. We hear words for them and we get to know them prophetically. We can fellowship with the Father, Son 
Son and Holy Spirit and hear God for people. And we can bring those words to those people. And secondly, he couldn't be with them physically, but he could be with them through writing letters. And that not only established incredible, he talks a lot about partnership in joy with the, with the Philippians, not only established fellowship between him and them, even though there were distance in time and also his constraint, but also left an extraordinary legacy, way more than his preaching tours would have left. Incredible legacy. Four out of the 13 letters were probably written under house arrest. His last letter to Timothy was written in solitary confinement. And those 13 letters constitute a significant foundation of our Christian worldview of about at least 2 billion people around the world today. The, The legacy of that moment when Paul said, I will not lose hope. I will fight to write to people, to fellowship with them, to get the good news out, to celebrate them and celebrate our partnership. We still uh, taste the fruit of. So that's our encouragement today, the Stockdale paradox. Let's, let's be honest about the reality of what it looks like to live in this season. But in that context, let's never lose hope and and do whatever it takes, like Paul did, to continue to devote ourselves, to orientate our lives around fellowship. And what I love about Jesus and Paul, what they and the priesthood of all believers is what they authorised. It's just two or three gathered and Jesus is with us in a way he is not with us on our own. There's something about what happens when the body get together, but only even two of us that experiences the presence and power of God. That, that we just simply can't attract on our own. And I think Alice and other people touched on this in, in your messages. There's something about, for me, I would say, how we build that fellowship is through what we learnt about in 1 John and what James also talks about. Confess our sins to one another, pray for one another, and we will be healed. There is a healing that comes when we're open and vulnerable about our struggles, about the adversities, about the difficulties. These could be physical restraints on us. For example, uh, Liz with her journey through chronic health condition, through cancer, but also maybe sin patterns in our lives or ways of thinking, errors in our lives we're not happy with or things maybe that have happened to us. Every way we get these out into the light and pray and process with someone other, healing rushes in. The blood of Jesus rushes in. The, the restoration of friendship rushes in. And we, go, we forge something together that, that can never be taken away from us. So I'd say those are the two key building blocks of faith. Paul inspires us that we can do it even when we're apart. And then Jesus and all the New Testament writers tell us how. The how is openness and vulnerability with the two or three that we can trust and we're walking with. And then the key is those of us who are listening to that, who are hearing that, don't just face those brutal facts. Don't just sit there in that adversity and that sin pattern in that chronic health issue, whatever the issue is that is deeply distressing to that person, in that moment, we are the people that say we will not lose hope. Hope, a biblical hope, is not, oh, I hope it will get better soon, I wish the weather would change. A biblical hope is a complete confidence in the goodness of God as the supreme value over everything else. A biblical hope is absolutely concrete. 
And so when we confess our sins to each other, confession is simply a diagnosis of the way things really are. So when we confess Jesus is Lord, we're simply saying the reality of what is real, Jesus is Lord. And when we confess this area in my life falls short of God's design, which is all sin is, if you imagine a bullseye, shoot an arrow, an arrow goes to the centre, that is the life we're designed to live. And if it falls short or oversteps the mark, that's sin. That's all sin is. It's never creative in and of itself. It's always just a distortion on design. So we'd simply say that arrow didn't hit the bullseye. And the people with us, our two or three, say, do you know what? We, are, we know that is not who you're designed to be. And we can help you shoot the arrow and hit the bullseye. That's why Jesus died, not so that we'd stay in our sin, but that we'd be delivered from it to live the life we're designed to live. And so we bless everyone at Hope now to not only have the mindset of Paul, which was, I'm going to contend for fellowship even though I'm physically restrained, in his case under house arrest. could be chronic illness, it could be the pandemic, it could be we have small children or in a caring role. Often that involves great restraint when we have to look after someone else. But we are never, ever going to lose hope within that. We are going to have people around us the how is we have people around us. We bring our stuff into the light. The thing, we don't need to dig for it. We know in the purity of fire, when the heat comes underneath, it bubbles to the top. The Holy Spirit shows us very clearly what we need to bring into the light. We don't need to find it. It's very clear. It's that thing in us that we know we actually have to actively harden our heart or repress something not to bring into the light. And I would encourage now, get it in the light, because over time, if we resist and resist and resist, that is a hardness of heart. And then we start to be deaf to the voice of God and to the connection that he invites us to. So we're in the presence of other people. We have that thing that's bubbled to the surface. We bring it out. And the absolute guarantee, it's not a maybe or a could or you might, the guarantee is we are healed, completely and fully healed and restored from that situation and the effects in our lives. So I wonder if that, Alice, if you just stand to the side a minute, behind you, I've just put up some chairs. And I just wonder if that's a picture of, of fellowship. And it's, um, you can see this, what, how many chairs are there? Six. And, um, and you've got the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit into which we're invited. And, we're, and we join that circle together with other people, other believers really, uh, probably mostly believers. Um, uh, and, and, we, and, and, and it's that place of intimacy and, um, and, and relationship uh, where we're, we're, we're celebrating, remembering the, the bigger story that we're part of and who, and who God is. So um, maybe we come, to, come into land there. We're going to... Uh, so we're, we're, we're continuing. We have been, over this last couple of weeks, looking at what could um, getting together as church look like uh, in this time. And, and we're going to do a fortnightly email on Wednesday we're exploring whether we could have encourage like two households to come together um, for, for the live stream and for some other um, fellowship opportunities, which we're just sort of exploring with at the moment. And maybe there could be some outside things. We're looking at what we can do for, for youth and for children um, as a way for them to have some fellowship during this time. These are all things that we're we're chewing over and just sort of, and we want to share some of those ideas with you as a church on Wednesday. We'll do that in our fortnightly email. But we're going to finish now here at Hope Chapel, this live stream, and um, we're going to have a, a communion together on Zoom. And so the the link to that is in uh, is in the is in the the comments of, of the of of here, uh, and that's got the you've got the uh, 
the meeting ID um, and the password is uh, fellowship um, to join that and we'd love anyone who's welcome to join us if, you, if, you, if you're new to Hope if you're not you wouldn't call yourself a Christian you're exploring you're really welcome we'd love you to join us um, and, and, and the idea of that is, it, is it's fellowship that's what communion's about it's about relationship around celebrating remembering the death and the resurrection of Jesus so that's our plan for now and yeah as Alice said we bless, we bless you uh, in in, in discovering uh, what fellowship is and how it looks for us in, uh, in this season as we go forward uh, in this current times. So Lord, we just, uh, just lift all of that to you and we just want to thank you. It was encouraging, wasn't it, to hear from John and Sarah about their experience of being part of Hope and remembering, uh, remembering the different, uh, you know, all the, many of the different things that God's done through, through, through Hope. And, uh, and Lord, we, we ask you to keep uh, leading us in fellowship through this time. Will you inspire us? Will you um, help us to encourage and and, and build up each other uh, as we celebrate and worship around you? Amen. Great. So we'll stop there and uh, love to see you on uh, on Zoom shortly. So that'll be quarter to quarter to twelve. So you'll need some. If you can maybe find in your home some juice of some sort or some wine. Or uh, and some bread or a cracker or something like that that you could that, that symbolises for us to remember Jesus' blood and Jesus' body. See you there.